Hello, South Florida sports fans, and welcome to episode 100 of Bally Sports Miami Miked Up with me, Jeremy Taché. I am in a glass case of emotions right now, thinking about episode 100 and thinking about the fact that both the Miami Heat and the Florida Panthers are now up 3-0 in their respective conference final series, just one game away from advancing to the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Final. It has been the craziest run of the last six days, of the last six weeks of this entire season for both of these franchises, and now both sit just a game away from advancing to the place where they really want to be. Today is obviously a special moment for me in a number of different ways. Thinking about 100 episodes of Miami Miked Up, I have a lot of different thoughts, I have a lot of different emotions, and I'm going to get to those um, after our interview today. I want you guys to hear this interview first, and on the back end of it, I'll be doing some reflecting on these 100 episodes, some of the best guests, some of the best moments, and really just a, a bit of a thank you to those of you who have listened along the way. But before we get to that, I want you guys to hear what I think is an interview with one of the most important athletes in South Florida right now, and that's Caleb Martin, who has been one of the, I would argue, three best players for the Miami Heat this entire postseason. He's been spectacular since, you know, hitting a big shot over Giannis in the Buck series and putting his hand over his face with an iconic image there, to now dominating against the Boston Celtics, 19 points per game, 63% shooting, headed into tonight's Game 4. He is also one of the kindest athletes in this market, a humble guy, someone who treats everyone with respect, and it was an honor to get to speak with him. So I spoke to him yesterday morning, headed into today's Game 4. This is the conversation you will hear with Miami Heat star, Caleb Martin. And right after this, we'll reflect on 100 episodes of Miami Miked Up. Thank you, guys. And now on episode 100 of Miami Miked Up, I can't think of a hotter athlete in South Florida right now than Caleb Martin, who is playing out of his mind as the Heat have a 3-0 series lead in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Boston Celtics. First and foremost, Caleb, thank you so much for joining me today on Miami Miked Up and taking some time in the midst of this insane series right now no problem man appreciate y'all having me appreciate you absolutely uh well let's start with it man you're the only player outside of anybody on the denver nuggets plus a hundred in these playoffs you're averaging 19 points on 63 percent shooting in the eastern conference finals been having moments all postseason long what do you think has been the biggest key for you personally to feel like you can go out there every single night with the confidence that you're playing with right now? Uh, I just think it, you know, it all boils down back to the work that you put in. And, you know, that with a combination of, you know, the guys I'm playing with, man, they, they instill a lot of confidence and, you know, my coaches instill a lot of confidence. And I just think that I'm just, I'm just playing free. I'm just being myself. I'm not second guessing stuff. And, um, you know, and I'm following, you know, we got Jimmy and Bam and those guys. So we, you know, we follow the lead with those guys and, um, you know, they're playing at such a high level. So, you know, it, it, you got you to gotta match. You got to match the level of play when it comes uh, to this point in the season, for sure. Absolutely. And, and we know that those guys have been instilling confidence in you and any other player on this team. But not a lot of guys, 
I think, could do what you've done in regard to moving around in your role, right? You spent this entire offseason preparing to be a power forward every day in a specific type of role. Then Kevin Love gets here. You got to go back to the bench. You've sort of reshaped everything you're doing throughout the season and continue to go out and produce. So what do you think that says about your mental makeup and your game? I just think it says a lot about the mental maturity that I've that I've gained over the over the years. I think that's been most important for me, and um, you know uh, that's been the most vital part of being able to be consistent and be productive, especially in the postseason right now. It's just um, accepting whatever uh, you know comes my way, whatever circumstance or situation I'm in, and just be able to to learn how to be productive um, through that process and, and find ways because the games are going to stop. The season's not going to slow down for you to figure it out. So you just got to, you know, you got to uh, roll with the punches and still find ways to be uh, productive. Well, you said after game three, we expected this. You know, you said that this was the matchup that you guys wanted, the team that took you out last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. Why did you know that you guys could handle the Celtics the way that you guys have to this point, given what they were during the regular season. And for you specifically, you know, I know you knew they were going to want to help off of you offensively. They, they were basically going to make you beat them. And obviously you've done so. So how much pride do you take in that and being able to adjust? Uh, I take a lot of pride in that. Um, like you said, uh, you know, those are moments that, um, that you work so hard for and you know that's part of uh, being locked in is and the minute that we uh you know got past the second round with the Knicks I I knew fully this was going to be a series that I was that I could be vital in and, and important to to making us get to a point to uh hopefully uh, have a chance to get to the final so I just knew that uh, you know if we wanted to move the needle that a lot of guys were have to step up and especially a guy like me who was who's been kind of counted off written off and you know helped off of whatever I just knew I had to make sure I came in and be assertive and, and uh, not lack any confidence well when you talk about being you know counted out written off I don't think we stop hearing about the undrafted thing with you guys right all these guys who are undrafted but is there a part of you that's like sick of hearing about that at this point I know you guys use it as motivation internally but man how many times are we going to hear everybody talk about oh all these undrafted guys on the heat when you when you continue to go out there and prove like we all belong in this league and more than belong we can dominate in this league right uh I just you know I think it just we, we're just hoping that you know we can be uh you know there's been many guys before us has been the, the that who's paved the way for undrafted guys obviously like we have the Mount Rushmore, head of Mount Rushmore of undrafted guys in our locker room right now. And I think he's, you know, it just shows you that, you know, it can be done. It just shows you that there's a lot of guys who maybe don't get the right opportunity. It's not the right time and it's not the right spot. Uh, there's there's many different things that can that can go into play when it comes to a guy who's undrafted, who doesn't make it or who does. Uh, so we just, you know, we just, we're just playing. We're not playing to prove anybody to, to you know, for all the undrafted guys. We're just hoping. And, you know, we, we, you know, we know we're capable of, we know we're capable of the day we didn't get drafted and, you know, we just needed the time and, and, uh, and, and be in the right spot. And so I think we've all collectively found that spot here in Miami. Absolutely. And, you know, I know that there's, there's superstitions that go into playing for every player. Um, I was doing a little digging around the locker room yesterday and I, I heard a story about your shoes, that your shoes in this postseason have been something specific something about these green shoes you've been wearing. I, I want to hear the story of what went down with your shoes and what's going on in this postseason. Nah, I mean, it was uh, with the shoes, really, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm real particular on what I wear. And as of right now, I've just been wearing the KDE 14s. And uh -huh. I've, been kind of wearing, I've been wearing those really since last year, and they've been kind of my go-to shoe. But 
I kind of been running late. They, they've been discontinued, so I've been running low on stock with those. So I've been holding on to the greens. And my trainer, Omar, uh, he was like, man, I've been holding off on the greens because obviously they don't match. So I'm like, right. man, we want to wear those. That Celtic like, green. Exactly. And we played Milwaukee. Started right. Off too, so I had the green. Everybody looking at me crazy. But, uh, <laughs> I, so I ended up uh, bringing them out because my, my, my trainer was like, man, if you wear those, man, you're going to turn into the Hulk. <laughs> you're going you to turn into the Hulk if you wear those. And I kept putting the shoes off, putting the shoes off. And so I ended up finally starting to wear them, and it just started rolling like that uh, with those. And uh, rest, uh, rest in peace, my little cousin Tristan. I put him on my shoes, and mm. uh, he, he just passed away recently. Uh, so I've been dealing with that. Oh, since sorry. I appreciate that since the beginning of the uh, Milwaukee series. And uh, ever since I put him on my shoes, I've been feeling like he's been with me. And uh, so he's, you know, he's he's been with me. I've been playing with him. You know, a lot of that stuff goes towards him, and you know what I mean. So it's been it's been good so far. So he, he's been with me for sure. That's absolutely beautiful, and I think Omar was right, man. You have turned into the Incredible Hulk with these green shoes. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe we got to get this man his own shoe deal at this point. Someone out here averaging 19 points in an Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Want to talk a little more about the playoffs here, and, and, you know, we've all been hearing about playoff. Jimmy, and, you know, you spoke about, you know, the, the leadership and the confidence that he instills in each and every one of you, but we also know he's a crazy competitive person do you have an individual story that maybe stands out from this postseason run of a moment that's like man that's just jimmy being jimmy we've had a lot of moments already with jimmy uh i mean i i think one of the biggest ones in this series is you know him the whole grant williams situation in, in boston has been a big one but like man we've had uh um he's just been on the tear man just different uh different mentally man it's just is there anything? Uh, is there anything about him either in the locker room or at practices that that's sort of standing out as well? I think now, I think now more than anything, he's just he he wants the ball. He wants to make the decisions, and you know he's voicing that now more than more than ever since I've been here in the two years I've been here. So now he's like, you know, give me the ball, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what I mean? And and we all view that. It was like, well, that's what you want out of your out of your superstar. You want him asking for the ball, and then. Not only with him asking to get the ball, but making the right decisions, you know, making the right plays, scoring the bucket at will, you know what I mean? Being able to get us all involved. Um, it's, it's, man, it's been crazy to see the fact that he's been telling everybody to get him the ball and then going out there and making the right decisions. Like nine times out of 10, it's ridiculous. So, um, you know, but that, like you said, that's part of us instilling, instilling confidence in us too, because. Mm-hmm. He could go shoot every shot he wants to. You know what I mean? Our, shoot, our, our stars could go shoot every time they wanted to, every time they touched the ball. But they continue to depend on us and make the right play and get us involved, man. So uh, they make the job easy for us. They also, uh, he continues to make the right choice with the ox in the locker room as well, with all those different different yeah. types of music. We know he's playing a whole bunch of different stuff. Uh, for thing. you, you know, you've also had some of the, like, coldest moments in the playoffs you had the hand over the face against milwaukee <laughs> you know you're you're out here yelling every time you, you you have a huge dunk you know how like aesthetically pleasing your game is how smooth it looks out there right now i'm just i'm just hoping man I, so I appreciate that usually i'm not used to people saying my game is smooth so i'm used to saying i'm used to hearing this it, it's not pretty but you know as long as i get it done and uh it's it's nice to have you know people People like it, like my game, so it's you know it's, it's been fun. It's been fun, Rod. You and Cody ever talk about what would have happened if he was the one cut from the Hornets instead? If he got to come down to Miami, he man. ever he ever he ever pine after that uh, Heat culture? <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> he, you know, I'm I'm sure he's glad he's glad it's me. 
that's getting it to go through this. He's, he was, he's been with me every step of the way to, to understand like how much I've been through to get to this point. So there's no bigger fan, you know, between him probably and my mom or whatever, but uh, <laughs> there's no bigger fan, you know, uh, behind me than, than my brother is. Just a couple more for you, and then I'm going to let you wrap. Um, I know we're not looking ahead. Nobody's looking ahead. But I also know there's there's no love lost with Denver after what happened last year, the little scuffle um, yeah. with with Nikola Jokic. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll refuse to look ahead. But if I asked you to, what level of excitement would there be to take on that team? And are there any sort of leftover feelings there? Man, we would just be excited to, to compete at the, at the highest level on the biggest stage, man. So I don't care. I don't think we care who who's on the other side of that right now. And obviously, like you said, there's there's some stuff um, in the rear view from, from from the past that you don't forget about. But um, we would line up with anybody as if we had that type of past with them uh, on that level, man. So uh, we're just a, an organization, a team who, who who's craving for competition, and we and we just enjoy playing at this level right now. So um, we just be excited, you know, to 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 continue to do that. Final question for you. I'll ask you to take me through this. Put yourself back in the headspace of going and driving out to to Raleigh, I believe it was, to go get that booster shot before you're coming down here to try out for the Miami Heat. And now, less than two years later, think about the fact that you're sitting here averaging 19 a game in the Eastern Conference Finals, one game away from the NBA Finals. What are the emotions as I say that to you, as you hear me say that? Man, it's, it's crazy just because, like, this year, more than anything, especially more than I'm involved, um, it almost feels like, you know, we're still, it's a weird feeling because I would expect, if you'd have told me I'd have been in this position last year at that time, I would have been, I'd have never believed it. But, you know, as I'm sitting here today and we were playing, um, it still feels like we're not where we're supposed to be at, if that makes any sense. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's a weird feeling like, I, you know, I, I genuinely feel that, um, that we're not done yet and that we have a lot that we're, you know, so close but still so far away. That's what it feels. So that's the positive thing I get from it. And that that, you know, a lot of guys in this locker room are still very hungry and feel like that we have a lot left to prove. So Well a lot left to prove for Caleb Martin and the Miami Heat. They are one game away of putting the Boston Celtics out of their misery and headed to the NBA Finals. Caleb Martin, thank you so much for joining me today on the one hundredth episode of Miami Mic'd Up. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Congratulations. (laughs) Thanks, man. And my thanks to Caleb Martin for joining me today on Miami Mic'd Up. It is always awesome to be able to chat with him, a really good guy, and uh, clearly playing with a lot of confidence, carrying himself with a lot of confidence as the Heat head into their Game 4 matchup with the Boston Celtics. Always great to hear from Caleb, and hopefully, hey, who knows, maybe he'll be a conversation after today's game on the Heat Live post-game show which you guys should watch on Valley Sports. But enough of the plugs for anything else besides Miami Mic'd Up. I mean, I'm kidding, but let's talk about it. It's 100 episodes. And as I sit here today on Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023, I'm thinking back to July of 2021. And that was when I first got the green light from my bosses at Valley Sports to launch this project, to start thinking about what I wanted and what we wanted a podcast to look like because there are a ton of different radio shows and podcasts down here in South Florida, a ton of incredible media members who tackle sports down here in such a specific way. You know, we're a very lucky market where not only are our sports teams unique in the way they present themselves, 
but we also have a bunch of really great media members, whether they're the folks who work on our broadcasts on Bally Sports or they're the folks outside of it, whether it's local broadcast TV in the local news, whether it's our local radio stations, whether it's other local podcasts. I feel really blessed to have, have made some relationships with all of these folks, and I respect all of their work and all of the really you know insightful ways in which we're able to cover these teams across South Florida. But when we were launching Miami Miked Up, we were trying to come up with, you know, how do we do something just slightly different, just a little bit different? And I think what we wanted to focus on was sort of the humanity behind athletes, behind our fellow media members. As you guys have listened to this podcast on, I'd say probably 98 or 99 episodes, today was not one of them. I ask whoever I'm interviewing what it is that brought them joy outside of sports. And I found that that's such a wonderful way to start our conversations because first of all, I don't think a lot of us in this industry take a second to sort of stop and think about that. But also, it, it puts people in a mindset of, of wanting to share. And that's all I've ever wanted this podcast to be, a place for people to share what they think, whether it's, you know, breaking down the games or, or sharing what they're doing as athletes, but also to share their thoughts, their feelings, their emotions, what they like outside of what it is that we do as a profession. And, you know, for me, I think back now to August 18th, 2021, and that was the, the, the launch of this podcast, the very first episode. And I was blessed to have a couple of really awesome first guest Izzy Gutierrez is someone who I've always looked up to down here in South Florida he's someone who is a kind person he is someone who is incredibly good at his job and for him to sit down with me for 30 45 minutes in studio by the way we haven't done a whole lot of that but in studio he drove all the way to our Bally Sports Studios in Fort Lauderdale and sat down with me in person and gave this platform essentially a blessing of credibility right away. And I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be thankful to him for that. We also had Jazz Chisholm Jr. on that very first episode. And Jazz, as you guys well know, based off of everything about me and my Twitter account and this podcast, I love getting a chance to catch up with Jazz. And and that was really our first time speaking for more than, you know, just a couple of minutes in the clubhouse, chatting for 15 minutes and getting to know the 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 guy, not just the ball player. And I'm thankful to the Miami Marlins for that because they have been nonstop supportive of this podcast. Uh, from the top down in that organization. Like, they have been so supportive in constantly getting me guests, whether it was Sandy Alcantara in the midst of his Cy Young campaign or Skip Schumacher right after he was hired. You know, I've spoken with Jazz a number of times. This is, the support from them has been, you know, monumental for me in the same way that the support from this fan base, the fan base of Miami Miked Up, has meant something special to me. You know, I am a South Florida kid. I love these teams. I don't shy away from that. And as someone who started in this market as an associate producer coming out of college after not getting a job for a few months right out of college and sticking around because 
you know, a, a little peek behind the curtain in this industry, it's it, getting to cover the teams that you grew up watching is is rare. You know, I I thought I was going to have to go to the middle of nowhere um and you know, cover some teams that I I didn't care about this same way and I'm really really lucky that I worked for kind people at WSVN who supported me, who built me up, who wanted me to get opportunities within that sports department. Um and that then as I worked at WSVN, as I tried to put myself out there, as I worked with Craig Mish on Swings and Mishes on the Miami Marlins podcast, and he built me up and supported me, so did South Florida sports fans. Being a South Florida kid, you guys have been nothing but incredibly kind and incredibly supportive, and and that's not something that we often get in the digital space or in the social media space, and I will never let go of the fact that I have been treated with so much kindness early in my career from the people around me, the people I've worked with, but also fans of these teams. And I think this podcast has helped to sort of reflect that energy. It's been a positive space. It's been a space where we build people up, not tear them down. When there's criticism, it's constructive. When there's advice, it's constructive. When there are great moments we get to celebrate them and to me that's what this has been all about and so you know when I think about some of the bigger moments when I when I reflect on through a hundred episodes some of the the sort of biggest moments we have you know I think about the fact that after a few just a few episodes I think it was after five episodes it was media day for both the Panthers and the Heat and this is at the you know in October of 2021 and it was just instantly, okay, sit down with Alexander Barkov and Joe Thornton at the time and Jonathan Huberto. <laughs> and, you know, it, it was unbelievable because I had not had these types of sit-down interviews before in my life. And now all of a sudden I'm sitting down with these, these superstars or, you know, in Joe Thornton's case, an NHL legend and having conversations and, and realizing, like, in the same way that I was hopeful that there would be humanity coming from our podcast that, you know, I was learning how much humanity there really is in, in all of these athletes, how much, you know, ultimately every athlete's just a human being. And that's what I hope has sort of been learned through a lot of this podcast as well. And then it was instantly, all right, go sit down with Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry and Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. And, you know, looking back at, at those media day sessions, obviously... There were a couple of really cool moments, um, particularly from the Heat, where we had some sort of viral moments. And that was within the first couple of months of this podcast. Obviously, there was the uh, Tyler Hero chat where Tyler Hero sat down with me and he said that he was, quote unquote, in the same conversation as a few folks around the NBA, some of the young guys, John Morant, Luka Doncic. Trey Young and I love that confidence from Tyler he is one of the great young players in this game he was right then and he continues to be god I hope that guy gets an opportunity to come back and shine in the NBA finals but what I appreciated about Tyler was his candor and I've always thought that was a really cool moment
What are the types of goals you have long term? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm in the you know, same conversation as, as, as those guys, the young guys coming up in the league who can be, you know, all stars, superstars one day, um, you know, Luca, Trey. Um, ja, you know, those guys like that. I feel like I'm, you know, my name should be in that in that category too. Um, I put the work in and I'm just continuing to get better every single day. So, you know, I got a lot of goals in mind to be be an all-star one day and continue to, to chase my dreams. So I'm really excited to see where I, where I can go. But that day it was also really special to hear from Victor Oladipo as, man, that guy continues now to have to rehab from leg injuries. But he had just come back healthy. And he shared with me one of the coolest stories I've ever heard, which was the very first moment where he met the man who became a mentor to him, who had always been an inspiration and someone who, you know, for what he's done on the floor, but for me, more importantly, what he's done off the floor in his post-playing career. Dwayne Wade, a obvious legend in this market, And Victor Oladipo shared the very first moment that they met back when Vic was in high school. Being able to build a semblance of a relationship with Dwayne and what it means to now be playing here in Miami where he was the two guard for so long. It's unbelievable to have the opportunity to do that. Um, First and foremost, just to... It's just crazy. Like, you don't understand why you're drawn to some people, why you're drawn to some players. But I was always drawn to him for some reason and his game um, and his ability and his mannerisms, everything. Um, And I remember, you know, uh, when I was coming out of college, I mean, coming out of high school, it was was tough for me. You know, I played power forward in high school. A lot of people don't know that. And, you know, I couldn't really dribble or shoot until I got to college. And even in the NBA, I still had to kind of work on it. You know, I still still had to make it, you know, kind of second nature. I had to become a scorer. Um, But coming out of high school, I didn't know where I was going to school. You know, I'm going into my senior year, I didn't have any offers. I remember University of Maryland had offered me a scholarship, and then the beginning of my senior year, they took it away. I'll never forget that. That was funny. Um, and I remember Coach Crean coming to a game and watching me play one time, and he offered me right after the game. And I just never understood why he did it. And after doing research, you know, I found out that he coached Dwayne and Marquette, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. And then a few weeks later, I got invited to the White House um, for a Father's Day dinner. I was... 15 of of well I was one of 15 students from my high school to go get invited to go when I came to the to the White House I went through all the security and the the woman was like make sure you fix your shirt because my shirt was unbunched make sure you fix your shirt you might see Dwayne Wade when you come in here and I said what what are you talking about everyone we was looking around like man she's crazy you know what she's talking about we walk in and we on the we're on the front lawn or the back lawn or the front lawn or the I think it's the front lawn or the White House Uh uh-huh and um Obama has his big chef and he's cooking for all of us and they put us in sections and um, they separated us and me and Mike Cooley he was a he was a, a player on a high school on my football high school team in my class we were put in we were put in the section and and our two mentors in the section was Dwayne Wade and Antoine Randall you don't know Antoine Randall went to yeah. university and yeah. Dwayne Wade was sitting there. So How crazy was, is that? I remember sitting at the table and Dwayne goes, Do you guys have any questions? And I raised my hand. <laughs> I said, Well, how was how was it how was it having Tom Crean as a coach? And he's you and, doing your research. I know. And his and his exact words were, He's the reason why I am the man I am today. And I committed the next day Incredible. to the university. So Dwayne has a lot of reason, a lot of um 
he 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 has a lot of uh, uh, of of responsibility for my success as a, as a human being, but most importantly as an athlete, um, just because he was a role model for me. You know what I'm saying, and he knows that. And you know, I, you know, me and him have a, a very special relationship because I don't I don't bother him. I don't ask him for much, but when I need him, he always, he's always there. So um, he's just a great human. Mm. And, and, and and God has blessed him because of that. So I just hope, you know, now being here in Miami that, you know, I could have some or a little bit or any kind of success that he had. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, you know, he's he's done some monumental things here. And, um, you know, hopefully I can, you know, do a great job, you know, following in his footsteps. And as amazing as those moments were and obviously as fun as it is to have, you know, parts of what you're doing go, quote unquote, viral. What was equally as special to me was the opportunity to have long-form conversations with fellow media members, whether they were in this market and, you know, some folks who work for Bally Sports, whether it's Jess Blaylock, Will Manso, who have, you know, come on this podcast a whole bunch of times and sat down with me and, you know, shared the origins of their careers, or, you know, national folks like Sarah Spain, like Zach Harper, you know, it has been... A, a, a real blessing to be able, and I know I keep using that sort of word, but it really has to to be able to hear what makes folks tick, what makes media members inspired to do their job to the best of their abilities, what what inspired them to get into this business to begin with. And as someone who just loves what it is that we do, I've been fascinated by these conversations and I'm I'm really honored to to have people open up and to be able to share. And so as we moved forward, you know, we had more fun conversations with with athletes and media members alike. One of the ones that stands out obviously to me is a conversation with Sandy Alcantara in the midst of his Cy Young campaign where man, his confidence was at a sky high level because you're a guy who goes so deep into games right how often are you trying to set something up early in the game so for example you face a hitter in the first inning and you throw mostly fastballs and sinkers and then you face a guy in the you know the second time around and it's mostly change-ups so that you know the third time around they have no idea what to expect is that part of your game and do you have any examples of an at-bat that or, or a game that you can remember okay i want to set this guy up early I mean, the hitters, they, they got to take uh, the advantage during the first three inning. If you don't get your hit, you're done. <laughs> you're I, done love you know? <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know? Because, I mean, after the fifth inning, you know, I just get more aggressive. I just try to to change your mentality, you know, because I, I, I want to win the game and we're going to have a big fight, you know. But like I say, you got to take advantage during the first three inning, you know, because after that, you're going to get down. <laughs> Dude, that is badass. And as fun as that has been, and, you know, we also had Jazz back on here saying he can be the very best player in baseball. You know, it's also been really cool to hear from folks that I never thought I'd get a chance to speak with about sports. One of the most fun conversations we've ever had on here was with an actor, Josh Gad. Josh Gad, who you might know as Olaf from Frozen. You might know him from the musical Book of Mormon. You might know him from... (laughs) being on New Girl or one of the other numerous projects where he is always one of the funniest people on your screen. But he is a remarkably 
talented man, and he's also a huge South Florida sports fan. He's from down here. He grew up watching these teams, and he, alongside David Lang, the lead sports producer at WPLG Channel 10, they shared with me not only their childhood friendship, but Josh shared with me how he can empathize as a performer with what it is that athletes go through. Watching sports and admiring those sort of on the greatest stage of what sports could be, did that have any sort of influence on on your passion for performing? Or are you able to sort of relate to what it is that these guys are going through when they're performing in that way? Oh, 100%. I was was actually saying this last night. So I've been watching the Olympics and and sort of love this time of the year when, when there's Olympic Games going on. And... I was talking to a buddy of mine and and I was talking about, you know, just watching um uh what's his name who who won gold last night in uh in men's figure skating. And just talking about the pressure cooker of having to perform on the biggest stage possible and knowing the possibilities or the consequences it should you succeed or fail yep right when i said that to my friend he looked at me and he goes well it's really no difference in going out on stage every night isn't it and and we're opening a movie it's it, it's that same relationship with with an audience you know and and expectations every night that i went out on stage for book of mormon right it was always you know how how is how am I going to, you know, not fall under the pressure of expectations and and the weight of, you know, everybody coming in with um with their own sort of like all right prove prove to me that this is you know as good as everyone says it is, mm-hmm. um and while it's obviously a very different skill set, uh, that 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 level of competitiveness or whatever you want to call it is something that that is. Uh, pretty strong and and something that I think has definitely um, attributed to to my success. You know, it's 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 that it's that idea of wanting to be as good as I can be at this sport called entertainment. And so the thanks could be endless. I mean, I'm sitting here scrolling through the list of guests that we've had over the last couple of years as we've gotten to 100 episodes, and I think about the conversations that. I've had with these people both on and off mic and the kindness of which I've been treated with and just the the blast that I've had getting to speak with people who, again, I never thought I would get to, whether they're national media members, whether they're athletes, whether they're local media members who, by the way, I've looked up to. I, as I said earlier, I started as an associate producer down here. I was essentially a a glorified intern in some ways, just running around to these different sporting events, begging people to give me an opportunity, networking, and having the the time of my life. And I am forever thankful for what these 100 episodes have been. I look forward to 100 more and 100 more after that. And I really do want to thank Steve Tello, Patrick Brewer, and the rest of our folks at Bally Sports, particularly in our digital and in our marketing departments, who have been so, so supportive, not only with the work 
that they do to make this sound and look and be everything that it is, but also emotionally. You know, the folks in 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 this department have have built me up, have built my confidence. The way that Caleb Martin earlier talked about Jimmy Butler instilling confidence in him, that's all that's been done by all of my teammates at Bally Sports and uh, before I get legitimately emotional and start crying on this podcast, I am going to wrap it up, but I am so thankful to have now recorded the 100th episode of Bally Sports Miami Miked Up. Once again, looking forward to 100 more and can't wait to speak with you guys next week on Bally Sports Miami Miked Up. Thank you for listening to Bally Sports Florida's Miami Miked Up with me, Jeremy Taché. And a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers or toyota.com today and take advantage of the amazing deals on their full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places.